Hello, and welcome to the Laverne Church of Christ podcast, and thank you for joining us. You can find us at 244 Old Nashville Highway, Laverne, Tennessee, 37086. We hope that any time you are in the area, you will stop by and join us for worship. Our Sunday morning worship is at 9 a.m., with Bible classes following. Our Sunday evening worship is at 6 p.m., and we also have a Bible study on Wednesday at 7 p.m. A month ago, Dairo delivered a 15-point lesson, and I've got 38, so no, no, I don't. It's going to be a, a nice, easy lesson. It's uh, just ironic the way the schedule works sometimes. I have said it before, and I know you feel it as well. The, the Laverne congregation has something going on all the time, and uh, it just so happened that the fourth Sunday coincided with camp and a couple other activities. Silas is actually preaching in the Shark Springs congregation this morning and tonight, uh, filling in for their preacher, who is uh, Hillary Broom. A lot of you know Brother Hillary as well, is recovering from heart surgery. And so they called Silas and said, hey, would you preach a Sunday morning and a Sunday night for us? And he accepted that, and that's to be commended for sure. So his family is there, and uh, that left me with very few young men who uh, could participate tonight. So we recruited some of the college-age folks to participate as well. I uh, Love that song we just sang. I don't know if many of you know this. That's Rooster's favorite song. Did you know that, that song we just sang? He told me that. It's probably coming up on 25 years ago now. We had them over to our home when they first placed membership with Laverne. And, and he, I asked him what his favorite song was, and he said it was that one. And I've remembered that ever since. And, uh, and uh, to sing it with him not being here just doesn't quite seem right, but it seems right because it's such a good song. And I know he'd be proud of the way Will led it. I uh, want to talk tonight about the matter of faith. And uh, so we'll have a nice, easygoing lesson, something that we can all rally around and maybe just add a little bit of portion of God's Word to our life tonight and mix it in with those, uh, the lesson we had this morning, the Bible class that we had this morning, your personal Bible study throughout the week, and then just charge into this next week, next week ready to go. And again, I have been under the weather for, I, I blame Josh, I think he gave it to me two weeks ago, and uh, he got over it in three or four days, and I have been struggling for... Uh, Two weeks. And VBS, I think, kind of did me and my voice kind of shot after VBS. So uh, we often think about the word faith as just merely a belief in God. But I'm, I'm to tell you that, that faith is a much, much more than a belief in God. There are several words in the English language that can be both a noun and a verb. And faith is indeed one of those words. Faith is a person, place, or thing. It's a thing that you have in your heart. You, know, you can understand when someone says, do you have faith? You understand it's a noun. But faith is also a verb. And uh, it's, it's a very unique situation in that regard that you can say a person is acting upon their faith or that their life is one of faith. It's one of action. And so as we uh, talk about this particular word tonight, I want you to know it's, it's so much more than just saying, yes, I believe that there is a God. It's more than saying that I believe specifically that there is Jehovah God. It's more than speci specifically saying, I believe in Jesus Christ, and I believe that he came to earth, and I believe he's fully human and fully God. And I believe he suffered and died and then rose back into heaven, and he'll come again one day. It's more than that. It's more than saying, I believe the Holy Spirit delivered us the inspired word and provides examples and, and passion for us today. It's more than just that. It's actually turning those, those belief systems down deep inside of you all the way to the outside of you. And I think in our society today, we would do well to remember that the demons believe in God. And they tremble when they think about the existence of God because they have a deep, deep belief, but maybe not so much of a faith. Now, I think they understand what's going to happen. And so perhaps that faith is, is, is indeed deep. But I also want to know that, 
I want you to know that my faith causes me to tremble. Not just the demons that have faith and tremble. I, the more faith you have, brother and sister, the more you might find yourself in fear of judgment. Now, I'm not saying that we should fear judgment completely. As a matter of fact, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the last verse there, verse 18, says that we should think about that day of judgment and be comforted by it. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to stand before you and say, my faith makes me not want to go to hell. And I think there's nothing wrong with saying, I'm afraid of going to hell and will take action based on my faith to avoid that fate through the power and blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I also just equally want, so ba as badly as I want to avoid hell, I can't wait for heaven. Amen. I can't wait for it. And my faith leads me there. Breaking down faith and faithful, it's just to be absolutely dripping, soaking wet with faith, belief, deep personal belief and action in God throughout your entire life. Let's look at three ways to be loyal, faithful servants of God. Number one is just to submit to yourself as an obedient servant. You know, when you're a young child, you'll look at your parents, and I know you've heard this analogy from a preacher a thousand times. You're about to hear it a thousand and one. And you put your child up on a piece of furniture, and you hold out your arms as the father, and you say, moms don't do this, by the way. Now, you don't see moms doing this, but You'll, you'll say, jump into my arms, and, and, the, and the young child, without hesitation, will just leap right in your arms. Or you'll, you'll have your baby and throw your baby in the air and catch your baby, Cranston, even though it freaks the rest of us out. And, and as, as Sailor sails into the air, that's why he named her that, and she drifts back to earth at what I consider breakneck speed, he catches her, and she's not afraid at all. Why? Because she has faith in her father. And she knows that his arms are going to cradle her and protect her from any harm. And I hope they do. And that same faith that we have in our God says, Father, I will submit to you because I know that when I fall, you'll be there to catch me. When I fall short, you'll be there to lift me up and encourage me. And when I'm struggling, you'll be there to carry me along. I have faith in the Father, so therefore I can dutifully and fully submit my will to your will and do what you would have me to do. That means that if I fear persecution, my faith should overcome it. That means if I fear for my life, my faith should overcome it. A long time ago, uh, it's eight or nine years ago, I made the decision to go to Uganda on a mission trip. And when you go to Uganda, when you go to Africa, I mean, it can get pretty dicey over there. Uh, Dave and I's first trip in, in Honduras, we could have very easily been victims of crime. And our second trip, we could have been victims of crime. And we avoided those situations by the grace of God. And in Uganda, as we were getting ready to go over there, I was getting a lot of grief. I think I've shared this with you before from my parents saying, don't go. Don't go over there. Something bad can happen to you. And I started thinking, what's, what's the worst that could happen? You could die in the mission field? That doesn't sound too bad. I mean, it does sound bad. Don't get me wrong. And if Chuck went to the mission field and gave his life, I would feel bad for Chuck and his family. But, man, I wouldn't feel bad for his soul. And I, I told my family, if I get kidnapped and they offer a ransom, don't pay it. Now, if I get kidnapped, the ransom is going to look something like this. We've held your husband for 30 days, and we'll give you $250,000 to take this man back. <laughs> But either way, don't pay that ransom because I have faith in God. I have faith in God. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21 says, His master said to him, when this was just in our vacation Bible school, one of the stories, well done, good and faithful slave. And I left that, that old translation or that word slave on purpose. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. When we're faithful with the little things, God will give us bigger things. If you 
I feel as a, as a child of God that perhaps your service in the congregation is not what it should be. And you say, well, you know, but I don't know how to teach class. And I don't know how to lead singing. And I don't know how to lead prayer. I'm not sure about waiting on the Lord's table. I'm not sure about taking food to someone that needs it. I'm not sure about those uncomfortable situations that I could put myself in. Have faith in God and you will grow. Do the little things and they'll become the big things. You have God's word on it. Number one, be loyal and obedient servant or slave of Christ. Number two. Believe his will and allow God to work in your life. Oh, that sounds so romantic. It's almost poetic language. Believe in God and he will work in your life, but do you believe it? Do you believe that you'll have the power and the knowledge and the energy to really get out and get after it for God, knowing that he'll be there for you? Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, a verse that's familiar to some of us. If it's not familiar to you, then God love you. You're in the right place tonight to hear it. I've been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What a bargain. Jesus gave himself for me, and in return, the payment he asked is for me to give myself for him. That's faith. I, I believe right down to my core that Jesus died on the cross for me. And if you believe that right down to your core, you have no choice. You have no choice but to acknowledge it and die for him. And, and more importantly, in this life, to live for him. Number three, trust the word completely and absolutely. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 says, what does it say? The word is what? It's near you. It's in your mouth. And it's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That, that verse has two Two points that I have no problem with. The word is near me. Well, it is near me. As a matter of fact, it's near you if you're sitting in a pew right now. It's in a book right in front of you. Or perhaps it's tucked away in the, in the smart device that's in your hand or on your lap. The word's all around us. As a matter of fact, we see verses on Facebook. If you're friends with Raul on Facebook, let me tell you, you get an almost daily Bible verse sent to you in the form of a nice, beautiful, flowery picture and I, I look forward to getting those. The, the word is all around us. A long time ago, Josh and I were walking through Opry Lane. He doesn't remember this, but I remember every encounter I've ever had with Josh. And we were walking through Opry Land, and outside, we were, it was around Christmas, Josh. You, you remember this? We were walking around this beautiful statue garden. See, I told you. He immediately, he's like that. Wipes his memory after we walk away. We were walking around this statue garden outside. Uh, it was freezing cold, and they had the Bible being read on speakers around the base of the speakers. And we remarked to one another, there are going to be people that get to judgment day and say, I never heard the word. And God's going to say, oh, yes, you did. You walked through Opryland that one day. And it was right there. For I have no problem believing the word is near me. The second part I have no problem with this is the word is in my heart. As long as it's tucked down deep in my heart, that I'm good to go. As a matter of fact, as long as it's in my heart, then you and I can not really know where we are. Right? I, I, as, as far as I know, you have the entire Bible memorized. And if you do, glory be to God for that. But some people might say, and I know when I was young, I would say, oh, I've got it all in here. But don't ask me to put it in the third point out here. If you have faith, the Bible will be near to you, in your heart, and in your mouth. That's what the Bible says. Applying these principles of our life are going to take three things. And so the sermon is going to be broken down now in your attention, and then your action, and then your attitude. So giving some attention to the word attention. Ephesians chapter, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 17 says that Christ 
overflows your heart. As a matter of fact, it says this, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love. If your minds are filled with the faith in Jesus Christ, if you chalk your attention full of your love of Jesus Christ, it pushes out those things that might be a distraction in your life. If your grounding principle is your faith, then it's hard to let those bad things of life like fear and doubts and temptations and distractions and those things that Satan wants to push to the forefront of our mind to enter in. When God is the center of your life, then everything else revolves around that and hopefully those bad things at a very, very far distance. Oh, it's, it's certainly worth giving our attention to. If we make up our minds to be faithful, then becoming unfaithful becomes far, far more difficult. Amen. I uh, know of a, a situation right now where there's a young man who is, and I won't give you too many details, but he's trying out for a, a youth minister's job. And, uh, and he's trying to make up his mind about, about whether to take it or whether not to take it, and the situations and all that sort of thing. And, and, uh, and you know, youth ministry is near and dear to my heart. And, and he's, he's kind of decided like this, you know, no matter what, if I decide to do this, I, can, I think I can do it. I can commit to it for a year. And I, and I like that concept. How about if we just said in our lives, you know, just for a year, for a year I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some portion of my faith that I feel is weak, and just for a year I'm going to try to make it stronger. You can do anything, just about anything, for a year. And a year will go by before you know it if the Lord extends the earth that long. So give some attention to those things in your life that you know where your faith might be a little, a little weak or maybe a little shallower than you want it to be and give some serious thought and attention to that and make Christ the foundation of your life. Let's talk about action. You know, long ago, I was talking to Brandon. Brandon and I worked together for a long time, and he, he made a point that's resounded with me ever since. He said, a lot of times I hear Bible classes and sermons and talk about religious things, and uh, there'll be statements like this. We talked about this in Bible class this morning a little bit. Brandon, thank you for, for this. People say, well, I need to study the Bible more, but no one says how. I need to pray more, but no one says how. I need to you know, have more faith, but no one says how. So I've come up with a few points that perhaps you'll agree with, and, and perhaps you'll have uh, different points, or maybe we can talk about these points later. But I will say this before we start. James chapter 2, verse 17 says this, very simply. Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead being by itself. If you have faith, it will show. It doesn't have to be flowery and, and showboaty. It doesn't have to be in front of everybody. It have to be in, in, in a big audience. But if you have faith, it will show even if just in your private life. You'll find yourself saying things like this. I don't really want to do this, but it's what Jesus wants me to do. Well, you might say, well, I've never once defiled Jesus by saying there's something he wants me to do and I don't want to do it. You're not being honest with yourself. I've been out in the yard working on a Saturday on a project on the singing night for the traditions and watching my watch thinking, man, if I could just skip the singing of the traditions tonight, I could get this project done. I'd rather get this project done and not have to come back to it later and get all dirty again. I really don't want to go. Faith of that works is dead. Sometimes you have to make a sacrifice for your faith. So let's talk about some ways to increase our faith. Number one, quite simply, Let's just pray about it. You want a better life of faith? Just pray about it. Matter of fact, if you want a better job, pray about it. If you want a better marriage, pray for your spouse. If you want a better preacher, pray for your preacher. If you want better elders, pray for your elders. If you want better deacons, pray for your, your, your deacons. 
You want better members of the congregation? You want the congregation here to be better? Pray for the congregation here. But if you want your faith, just about anything in life, you said, I wish that would be better, that's your cue to pray for it. That's why I pray for food after I cook it. Because sometimes it needs it. Praying for your faith and surrendering yourself to God through prayer will draw you closer to him. Pray to God to increase your faith. How about this one? Pray to God to increase the faith of those around you. That's number two. So, you know, in a non-judgmental way, I, just, I think we should pray that everyone's faith in the congregation should grow. As a matter of fact, Luke chapter 22 verse, 30, 22, verse 32 says this, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail you, that once when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. I, I have prayed for you that your strength won't fail you. I, I, I lift you up in prayer. I, I, I've thought about you enough to pray for you. Uh, one of the exercises we've, we've done in the teen class before is everyone kind of write down a weakness in their life on a card anonymously, and then we pass that card to the next person, and they write down that same weakness over and over again. And so you've, at the end of the class, you have a card full of weaknesses, full of prayer requests. Then you carry that card with you for a couple of, of, of weeks and pray for everybody on that card. And I, you, you, it, It's amazing what prayer will do. Amen. It's amazing what prayer will do. Number three, how to, how to strengthen your faith. Make up your mind in advance to follow God no matter what. And I know I say that up here a lot. And I have to keep reminding myself, no matter what, Make up your mind to follow God even when you're angry. Make up your mind to follow God even as you get old and your body starts to fail you. Make your mind to follow God if you get a new boss at work and you don't like them. Make up your mind to follow God if you have a teacher that you don't care for. This is when the school year starts. Make up your mind to follow God if you move from here. When Kennedy left, one of the, the parting words that we whisper in his ears, we hugged him, is stay faithful to God wherever you go and whatever you do. Make up your mind right now because it's going to be a challenge at times. You need to make up your mind to stay faithful to God. How about this one, number four? And this one will exercise you. Have the courage to exercise and grow your faith by telling other people about your faith. If you want to test your faith, tell someone what you believe. And, buddy, it'll be tested. When you start saying, well, I, I go to the Laverne Church of Christ, you're going to get some questions. And some challenges. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 12 says, Fight the good fight. Take hold of eternal life to which you were called. And with a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Confess your faith on a constant basis to those people around you. And it will grow. You might get a question. I know. I, believe me. I know. You might get a question that you just can't, that just stumps you. That you just you can't even, you can't even rebut. You just look at them with your mouth open. But it only happened once. You go back and you study that and increase your faith. It'll only happen once. Grow your faith by talking to those people around you and telling people what you believe and why you believe it, and showing people what you believe and why you believe it, and you'll be a growing faithful Christian. Number five: earnestly desire the salvation of others. Now, like in Romans chapter ten, uh, Paul there was talking about the Jews, and he was just in a mournful mood. And he said, Brother, my heart's desire my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. He was speaking specifically of the Jews, but it should be our heart's desire and our prayer to God for the salvation of every soul in which we come in contact with. And your faith will grow. And your knowledge will grow. And your trust in your own ability will grow. 
and your trust in God will grow as you spread his word to those people that are around you. We work for God. Our faith will absolutely flourish and grow. Let's talk about our attitude just for a few minutes and then we'll close. Sometimes our attitude is the most difficult thing we have to control. You know, if, if the congregation has a vacation Bible school event, and we just did, you, you almost feel like if you don't participate that you're really, not, you're really not a part. So action is not that difficult. You know, action is you've got, you got to come up here every, every night, I mean, days before, and decorate and, and do all these things. And, but everybody else is doing it too, so you just kind of go along with it. But sometimes I just don't have the attitude that I should have. Oh, I might complete the task and might hang the decorations, might teach the class, but maybe not just have the right motivation deep, deep down inside. And to have a life full of faith, our attitude has to reflect the attitude of Christ. We have to reflect the same attitude that he had. Did he want to come down to this earth? I don't think so. Did he do it? Yes. Was his attitude great? You betcha. Did he want to die on the cross? He said he didn't. He said, if there's any way I can get out of this, Father, let's take that way. But at the end of the day, it's your plan, and I'm willing to submit to your plan with a good attitude. How do you know Christ had a good attitude? He forgave the people that were doing the things to him that did them. That's a great attitude. At camp this past week on, on Wednesday, uh, I did a lesson on forgiveness and asked this question. What's the worst thing that someone has ever done to you in your life? And just think about that for just a moment. What's the worst thing that someone has ever done to you? And you might be sitting in the auditorium, not very young, and saying, well, you know, my life's been pretty good. There haven't been many things, but one time someone took a toy that belonged to me, and maybe it's something like that. All the way through, you might be saying someone through careless or intentional actions took the life of a family member of mine that I love very dearly. It might be something as major as that. But all of us have somebody that have deeply betrayed us throughout our life. And you think about that. What would Jesus do for them? I asked those campers as they were thinking about that person and that situation and ruminating over it, and, and perhaps even some anger was welling up in them and some bad feelings about that person was welling up in them. I asked them, right now, forgive that person. That's faith. That's, uh, you know, forgiving someone kind of admits that, that that I'm, I'm stepping away from, I have to surrender that situation. That's exactly right. That's faith. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 says, But the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. And that's how we should be. When our character, when our character allows us to receive and freely give God's blessings then we're faithful. When our character allows us to forgive those who have wronged us, then we're faithful. When our character allows us to look at someone that we don't care for, we just don't know why, but we just can't seem to get along with that person and love them deeply anyway, then we're faithful people. When our finances are a little skinny and it's time to give the contribution and we've always given the same amount and we write the check anyway, then we're a faithful people. We're willing to knock on someone's door and introduce ourselves and tell them about our Lord, then we're a faithful people. When we just gather together 
what some people say, you know, the very, the very minimum, gathering together, I don't think that's the minimum. I love getting together. Then we're faithful people. If you're here tonight and your faith is not as deep and is not as wide as you would like it to be, then you can come forward tonight and say, my faith has slipped, my faith has waned, and, and, and we're not talking about just the belief in God, but perhaps you're here tonight and you don't even believe in God yet. And if that's, that's where you are, then I am so glad that you're here. If, if that's the case, then after the lesson is over, you come forward to, and speak to me just qu privately, quietly, and we'll talk about We'll talk about your faith and how to grow your faith in the existence of God. Or perhaps you're not, you believe in God, but you've let him go to the back burner in your life. Maybe that burner got turned down on low several months ago. Maybe that burner got turned off a few weeks ago. If you're here tonight, you can come forward and ask for the congregation to move, help you move back to the front burner and turn that burner all the way on broil and get your life back on track. Or perhaps you're here tonight and you're not a Christian. If you're not a Christian, there is no issue or challenge in your life that's more important. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and you believe that he came to this earth and suffered and died for you so that your sins can be remitted, then you have faith. Let that faith be turned into action tonight as we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this message from God's Word. If you have any questions, please email them to us at office at lavernecoc.org. Once again, we thank you for listening and we hope you have a blessed day.